Recording in progress. Time being 6.01, we'll go ahead and call the budget workshop to order. Um, please note that we are being recorded um, by Franklin Matters. Um, all right, so I guess we'll just, I know want to be on time, so 6.02. So, Miriam, if you wanted to kick us off. Or Dr. Mr. Jagir, sorry. Sure, sure. Um, not a doctor yet. Thank I, you for that. All right. So welcome everyone. Thank you. Um, as is customary this time of year, we're beginning our discussions around budget. I know that um, as part of that process, that we'll continue through the year. Just to give you a little bit of a of a an overview of what we'll try to accomplish in the hour we have here together. Basically, um, if you refer to your agenda, we'll talk a little bit about our process that we follow the timeline, and then uh, Miriam will help share some insight into the preliminary and final Chapter 70 calculations, and then we'll lead into a discussion with the, this committee around your budget priorities uh, so that we can continue to um, talk about that and factor that into our planning as we continue through this fiscal cycle. So um, with that, are you able to yeah. Yep. Is that share? Screen? Thank you. I wish there was somebody on right now so they would just. I know my face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of upset. Uh, okay. I can just give a verbal, just to kick it off on, on our school budget process. So basically, um, obviously, this is a year-long process, but more importantly, everything kicks off with our enrollment. In October, you received an enrollment report that we went through to talk through. Where we're at as a district with our numbers. Uh, with that, we um, then would move into November, which is where we are now. And we're at the school committee budget workshop phase. Uh, continuing November, uh, December, and January, uh, we move into the administrative meetings with our principals and assistant principals to discuss, discuss staffing, other priorities um, that align with our strategic plan, um, your priorities as well and try to develop um, a recommended budget um, that will be presented to you sometime in February. That's okay. would be meeting as a 
iterative process to uh, provide input and feedback after um, school committee discussions and, uh, and changes that might happen throughout the process. Uh, and then it would go back to you uh, after the public hearing and any input uh, in April. You would um, look to adopt a budget, which would then go forward to the council for uh, a hearing and a vote based on the recommendations uh, from the town administrator. Sometime end of January, February, um, the governor's budget, will, uh, House One will come out at the end of January. Um, the detailed timeline is in the packet as well. The agenda is the yeah, other.
is the operational services division. They set our rates for special education tuition placements um, for private schools that, where we send students to access the curriculum. Um, there's a lot of information here, but the, the key takeaway here is uh, this line right here that says estimated rate of inflation of 14%. So OSD is approving a 14% increase to tuition rates for private schools where the majority of our students in out of different places placements are. Did I skip number three? So keep me in line. But um, um, so OSD sets the rate. Uh, this 14% will be um, an impact of what we anticipate to be $775,000 to our um, to our out of district private school tuition rates. Um, so that will be something significant that we need to uh, incorporate into our budget. What is it typically, like in the past? So I'm not going to go through the memo that's in here, but you will see um, the memo on the next link that does show you the um, averages over the past several years, which um, from 11 to 24. So FY24 was 14. Going backwards, 23, 2.5, 2.2, 2.7, 1.6, 2.3. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, on, on pages 2 and 3 of the memo right there, you can see it. These things is not like the other. No, not at all. So it's not so that is a huge so do they essentially like give 766 schools the ability to increase up to 14% like they're giving them permission that they can or they're saying you they're telling us to budget an anticipated increase of 14% for, for tuition right for students that we have in placements at right now right, right because those schools are going to increase their rates possibly 14% Typically, right. We typically budget five percent increases, and it comes in usually around two and a half. Yeah, right. And we are anticipating a five percent increase for our students in public school placements or collaborative placements. But, but for private schools, at this point, we're going to have to build a budget based on fourteen percent. You also were copied on an email, uh, um, letter to our legislators.
strengthening the community, whether it's a classroom or a school or a relationship, keeping, like having those uh, strong sort of proactively mm -hmm. so that when there's an infraction, when there's a behavior, there's like something to repair, there's something to come back to, rather than just like, I'm the adult, you're the kid, you do what I say all the time, and if you don't, then you're in trouble. And I know that's not what it looks like right now, but like I think that's sort of the old school punitive discipline practice and restorative practices or restorative justice sort of like, how do we, how do we teach kids um, so they don't keep breaking rules or keep messing up? So does that translate to more people? Uh, oh, when I'm talking about budget? to say 
just coming from the Commonwealth. Here's what's really kind of coming from Franklin. It might kind of put it in a little, it might change the, some of the conversations if we're saying, you know, this is actually what Franklin thought. Uh, one other thing, just in terms of the conversations too, but I think could be helpful. Um, you know, we, we talk about like, like trends and we know what some of the costs might be in terms of,
clarifying. We're kind of saying the same thing, yeah. but I just wanted to. Well, it could be interesting cool. both ways, really. Because then it's like, look five years in advance, where do you want to send your kids? Which is cool. You know? Yeah, certainly. So it's like, yeah, here's this five year projection yeah. of if level of service, level and level service versus level yeah. funding. And, you know, so, you know, for the community, what would you prefer? Yeah. You know, not to say that, the, the, you know, it's binary, it's one or the other, but, yeah, you know, if, if you just don't want your, if you want your tax dollars to kind of continue at where they're at, here's the, the service that you're going to receive with the level funding versus if you want the service to even just remain the same, not even expand, but remain the same, here's what that might have to look like in terms of tax dollars. Like it paints the picture. Yeah.
that's not just a Franklin thing. The data on that is like widespread mm -hmm. everywhere. And there's a lot of uh, like brain-based research. Like there's a lot of techniques and strategies and um, uh, ways of teaching. Sorry, my brain's really slow tonight, everybody. I just need a, a, a extra, extra grace tonight, please. Um, there's a lot of uh, research behind that sort of like trying to lift up that population and I think that um, maybe professional development or coaching or I don't know how like maybe the literacy and math specialists or I don't know giving them extra support or something because it, it's definitely an important data point especially when we're looking through an equity lens um, and there is research out there but I did just want to say that's not just Franklin unfortunately you know no I, I yeah. absolutely believe yeah. that I'm just saying
start when you see the governor's budget out in the third week in January? Yeah. Because we have a new governor. They said it would be later. All budgets would be later. Not much. Oh, not much. Thank you. 
got a 60-40 funding from the revolving fund um, to, the, to the general fund. So the revolving fund covers about 30, 30 to 34%, 34% on average.
No, no, but <laughs> I'm not saying that we should. I'm just saying when we kind of take a look at a lot of the different, um, you know, unfunded mandates, it's really there's two, there's three options. One is just to pay it. The other one is to go to the state and ask for reimbursement. And then the third is to say we're just not going to do it anymore. Or, well, it's more to ask for relief. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I thought we talked about this in ASC as well. For the unfunded mandates, if we don't do this, we get penalized. Correct. Well, I was going to say you have to take each that. mandate and look at some are related to time it takes, some are related to the software and time. So I think if you look at we're required to evaluate educators, mm -hmm. right? We're required to evaluate. So I think we'd be out of compliance with requirements that are unfunded. It's probably, I can't think of one on this list that I would, as a superintendent, would feel comfortable to say. But I get you're, you're, part, you're talking about the exercise of it. Maybe I should say not, we're just not going to do it, but it's to request relief from the, the state. Okay. If we kind of go to the auditor and we say, you know, this is an unfunded mandate, we request relief from one of these topics, and they say, okay, you don't have to follow it. That's the statute of the law. Um, but I didn't know it was something like that. That doesn't. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't know if something like that might, you know, like what we might be able to say if, you know, if it is one of those things, education evaluation. What exactly does that mean to the district? Because when we do, you know, we talk about like, uh, you know, people say, all right, well, here's a total for all the unfunded mandates. Well, specifically, if we chose to, you know, go through that path and we got relief from it, and they said, all right, that one particular thing you don't have to do, what does that mean? It means, you know, surely we save 1.5 million, give or take. But, you know, what are the, what are the, how much has, does that branch off from? You know, what are some of those ripple effects? And it might be a nice, almost like, um, like exercise to kind of take a look into, to really, you know, to kind of take this unfunded mandates from almost like the ether that everybody just talks about as the, the you know, this is all that we need, to say, all right, let's put it into practice. This is actually what might happen if we try to go down this route. Here's what here's what we gain, but here's what we lose. I have so many thoughts, but we don't have time. We don't have time. Don't we want to know if our teachers are teaching? Oh, I'm so not we saying. Know what's I'm, just, in the classroom? I'm not saying that we okay. should. I'm just saying. We can start the after. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm saying, just saying. It's an exercise. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can have this argument, two of you. It's a discussion, so there's no four. Uh, so you're just you're just looking to. Give all these examples and scenarios of like this is how bad things get if you don't fund these things. Not even necessarily that, uh, but really just to kind of take a look at it to say like with the unfunded mandates, it's unlikely that if we kind of go the route of getting money back from the state, that we'll actually get that money. It's far more likely that the state will just say yes, this is an unfunded mandate. We're going to get you relief from having to be in compliance with it so that you don't get penalized from it. But what does that also mean? Because that does mean a lot of stuff, like, you know, we just saying. Okay. Four. We could have this at another time. Fine. I think, I cool. think a lot of them, too, are, like, morally or ethically, personally, I feel like. Where's my gavel? It's, you know. Okay. All right. I got you. I know. Just, we only yeah. have so much time. We still have a couple more things. But I don't really want to talk about them. Yeah. So, I, the, the rest of the information I just left you. Um, to look at it's additional information and resources that I provided some of those links before. Um, the non-budgeted donations is, is a summary of the past 10 years of donations from various PCCs and um, organizations that we have, for example, um, that have provided funds to the district. Um, DART and the Charter of Accounts and Charter School Funding, just other resources for you to, to 
these blue lines that you read and you know Jesse tells me you know account for this expense in this type of a code mm -hmm. um, and um, and then some uh, history of the charter school funding and how that um, plays out um, so that's really all I have at this point and I will let you get to your next meeting. Does anyone have any producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters. Matter.